Hi, everyone. Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. Let's get into it. Will I keep these pre-show announcements quick? Who knows? I've had a lot of coffee today, so probably. Some quick pre-show announcements pertaining to shout-outs. What is happening over the next couple months, and what are we going to be talking about today? Shout-outs from YouTube on episode 216, Spartacus and the Sun Beneath the Sea. So we have Walter Walker. As you can remember, last time we had a confession about Spartacus. This week, we have somebody, we have Walter Walker saying, I loved this show as a kid. This is one of Nickelodeon's early shows, along with the mysterious cities of gold. What I love about the show was it blended science fiction, fantasy, the hollow earth theory world, and the forgotten old world myths and oral stories from Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. The English dub series is available for free stream on Kiss Cartoons. P.S. I loved the Menudo theme version. I will say this, Walter. I actually really enjoyed the the Menudo theme version as well. And if you really liked the Mysterious Cities of Gold, stay tuned because we are definitely going to be reviewing that because I watched the hell out of that as a kid. On episode 205, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, we had Thomas Henninger Venata. He said, not every episode had a PSA and the Cadillac Cats had one. He said, there are also way too many episodes that focus on Mongo. And Thomas had also said, I would love if you guys would go back and actually do more episodes about Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. That might be a completely separate show where we just talk about Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. I will get into a little bit more about how you can make recommendations for the show. And I always encourage people to do this just to make sure that I can capture that information. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to say on episode 57, deep dig here, Mighty Orbot's review, we had Terrence Leong. He said, so Brute is an anagram of robot, R-O-B-O-T. And the four robots use parts of the five letters, Tor, Bort, Boo, and Bo. So what is Crunch and where did he get that name from? I honestly think that they probably just hit a point where they were like, you know what? We've run out of letters that we can use realistically from robot. Let's just use an onomatopoeia. Robots crunch things. Bam. That's honestly, Terrence, where I think they got this from. But I love your question. So thank you so much. What are we going to be doing over the next couple months? Well, I mentioned this in Thomas in his review that we've been going through listener appreciation and your suggestions. We're making it simple. In our show notes, for each and every episode, you can find a way to either submit online or you can call us and suggest a cartoon. I really want to do this because the internet can be a very disorganized place, and I get messages like this all the time from you guys and gals and people. I love it. I really do. I want to be able to capture this in some type of a streamlined fashion, which ensures that you get the proper shout-out, and most important... And this is really important. If you call and you leave a message, we will 100% review your cartoon and include your reason for us reviewing that cartoon in the actual episode. That's pretty important for me, and I want to make sure that you get that shout out. So today, what are we talking about? Tangent aside, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Was this a listener suggestion? Sure. But again, I have no idea who reached out friend of the show, Melanie Harker, and I had talked about this. This is a cartoon that both of us loved. So this episode is really for me because Alvin and the Chipmunks was a big part of my childhood. So to discuss the Chipmunks, I'm bringing back Alex Kazanis and our new friend, Jane White. 
I love doing this show with friends, and these two are really just silly squirrels. I didn't want to say chipmunks because we're going to be talking a lot about that anyway. We are going to talk all about nut shortages, the adoption of the chipmunks, and Alex introduces me to the word sabotage. All of this and more. So now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you as the adult male who has decided to open his door and heart to two chipmunks this evening that were anonymously left at my door, I will be your host, Sean Paul Ellis. Joining me today, dressed in a floor-to-neck onesie with a huge letter A on it, Please welcome back Alex Kazanis. Welcome back, Alex. Thanks. I don't have any underwear underneath this. Are you serious? Yep. Just letting it blow in the wind. Just letting those chipmunk <laughs> bits just... Three chipmunks. Alvin, Simon, Theodore. <laughs> and guess which one's Simon? I don't want to know. <laughs> Someone with glasses. Someone with <laughs> Oh, man. I want to talk to you about this more because this sounds very comfortable and I like the style that you're bringing back with this too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I also want to welcome today, we have a chipmunk who has been singing Me, I Want a Hula Hoop nonstop. Please welcome for her first show, Jane White. Welcome, Jane. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. I'm going to put this down so that we can not have the hula hoop get in the way of the serious deconstruction of it's like this. everywhere. I was, I was yeah. very curious how you were going to continue with the hula hoop the entire show. I mean, I, I thought it would be kind of a, a magic feat. Mm. At the same time, though, I can completely respect your idea to be able to put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like I can, I can kill one area of my life, let that sit, and then go on and to conquer another. So. Fair. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Oh, man. If you did not take a look at what the episode title was for this, and so far none of these introductions have made sense, don't worry about it. Today we're talking about Alvin and the Chipmunks the 1983 version of Alvin and the Chipmunks. And so I need to kind of kick this off and understand because Alvin and the Chipmunks has been in the zeitgeist for so long, for so many decades, very beloved characters. Jane, what was your experience with Alvin and the Chipmunks? So I grew up with a sister who was two years older and brothers who were nine and 11 years older. So Alvin and the Chipmunks is more of the genre of like, you know, cartoons that my brothers would have been into more so than me. So I didn't ever watch it. I was never somebody who like actually saw Alvin and the Chipmunks like on the reg. Uh, it was something that I'm aware of in pop culture. Um, and I'm also aware of the Chipmunks because we would play our like Beatles records on the wrong setting. And we'd call it the Alvin and the Chipmunks setting because it would be like, hey, you know, it'd be like the 45 rather than the normal. So it would just be Beatles songs that you would just yes. play at Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> yeah, like quite literally. So my experience with that, my major touchstone is playing the Beatles on the wrong frequency or whatever and having it be Alvin and the Chipmunks version. Perfect. So. Awesome. Thank you, Jane. Mm -hmm. Alex, what was your experience with uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks? Oh, man. Uh, so Other than naming your genitals Alvin and the Chipmunks. I mean, yeah, that's just how it is supposed to go. Uh, it was either that or just Dave. Um <laughs> So uh, I watched Alvin and the Chipmunks pretty much on the regular because it, I think it came on before Ghostbusters or after Ghostbusters or it was very, I was a Ghostbusters kid, Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles and they were around the same sort of, uh, they were on. 
I'd watch them because they were on TV. Like, right. I, and I, I, I always, whenever I watched Alvin and the Chipmunks, and this is, and this is sort of, of the later era of, of Alvin and the Chipmunks, like the, uh, the, the, where they look way more human than actual chipmunk. <laughs> like when they switched to uh, animation studios. So they kind of looked funky and they gave me secondhand embarrassment. And I don't, I don't really know why I think it's because they sang, but all the time. And I just thought to myself like, no singing in a show should be, I don't know, more special. Like, like I was used to Disney movies where you know they had songs and stuff, and that was like you know maybe three or four times in the span of like an hour and a half, right? Not like twice in the span of like twenty three minutes. Um, and I think just the high pitched like the high pitchedness of it just made me be like, oh god, how is this? I don't know, it's just something that made my heart sort of <laughs> recoil. Oh no! <laughs> but I I but despite all that. I watched Alvin and the Chipmunks because it was on. So if I'm hearing you right, yeah, it was that Segway cartoon, yeah, that you know brought you into maybe something that you were more interested in watching, and and that's so common that people would kind of hunker down, put on a specific channel, and then just kind of wait and sit. And even if they didn't love the cartoon that was coming on, they would still just watch that entire block, whether it was an hour, two, three hours on a Saturday morning or even after school and just sit through it for the one thing that they wanted, but then just kind of continue to sit there and watch. Oh, yeah, exactly. I didn't like Hey Dude, but I would watch it. Are you serious? You didn't like Hey Dude? No, it came on but in between, I think, uh, Wild and Crazy Kids and Sleet Your Shorts or something like that. It was definitely like after Sleet Your Shorts. And the only reason I watched it because I had a giant crush on Melody and Brad. Who didn't? Yeah, so no, I get it. That was that was the only thing I got out of Hey Dude. I thought it was boring ass show. <laughs> oh my god! I just think that the theme song for me always drew me. Hey in. Dude, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a nice theme song. It's fine. It's a little wild and a little strange. Yeah, you know, out here on the when you make your home out on the range. That's it. I, the only thing I remember <laughs> is that like, watch out for those killer cacti, like yep. yeah. the man eating Jack, Jack Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I remember way too much about all of these shows, despite not having watched them for a very, very long time. Well, it just means you had a great childhood. I, I feel like I did. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Because I had a great childhood too. I feel, I feel happy that we share that. Yeah. 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 Good. It's important. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks was a really big part of my childhood. I watched this cartoon in some iteration, uh, like in resyndication or rebroadcast, like mm -hmm. as I was growing up. Part of my Saturday mornings. Uh, the movie, The Chipmunks Adventure. Oh, yeah, man. Was something that I would just watch on VHS over and over and over again. I think my cousins had Chipmunk Adventures and they had Labyrinth. And whenever we would go visit them, uh, you know, over the summer, it would just be those two VHS tapes on repeat over and over and over again. I just, I loved it. It was the best. I had a very big disconnect from all of that kind of culture because. A lot of the, like, I didn't, I missed out on, like, I never watched Labyrinth. I saw it for the first time two years ago. Wow. Like, I'm, I didn't, I wasn't in a family that watched a lot of TV or movies at all in, in general, period. Um, so the only, like, entertainment I took in was, like, you know, stuff that I found was, like, intriguing. And most cartoons at that time were male-driven and centric, and I didn't give a shit. Because, like, all the cartoons were, like, male superheroes. And I didn't want to watch male stories because I was creating my own in this in the woods that I was the hero of. So 
a lot of the cartoons of that era I have no connection to uh, because I didn't like relate to them. And now as an adult, like watching them, I still don't relate to them. Right. So it's like, it's, I have a very like strong disconnect with most of the popular culture of that era. Cause like it wasn't for me. No. Understood. You understood. Know? Yeah, I get that. And I think tonight I'd be very curious to get your discussion on sort of how they tried to potentially appeal Alvin and the Chipmunks to a female audience at the same time. So looking forward to that. Uh, there was one part of Alvin and the Chipmunks that I know that I attended with my parents in the, the early mid 80s. Does anybody remember that they used to do Alvin and the Chipmunk live stage shows? I know that they did that for a whole lot of properties. Right, yes. Uh, I went to, uh, I didn't go to the Turtles one. I went to the Power Rangers one. Okay. Uh, with the DC Armory. And um, yeah, and <laughs> awesome. I thought it was going to be so fun. I was, I had my autograph book ready. I'm like, I'm going to meet the Power Rangers and I'm going to get their autographs. And that didn't happen because it's a fucking stage show with, you know, right. hired actors. Uh, I could have only assumed that they did one for the Chipmunks. Uh, yes. You sent a video to us prior. I, Correct. I watched it. <laughs> Looked like a shit show, and it was it was amazing. Oh, I bet it was really amazing because my sister and I and my my parents would go together, and I, I like part of the the idea behind it was that the the chipmunks had gotten like something they would like they would get attached to something and it would give them a state that they called blow dough, which what? was which was they were like overinflated, oh, no. like they were huge. And my sister was my sister was young enough that she was still at that age where she must have been like maybe three or four. And so, you know, three or four year olds, uh, getting them to constantly or consistently wear a shirt is sort of a, a crapshoot at that point. Sure, and yeah. so right. I remember my my parents, my mom and my dad always just going like to my sister saying, like, do blodo, do blodo. And she just like puff out her stomach as like like as hard and as like, you know, as a little like four or five or little three or four year old girl could at that point just kind of like puff it out and she'd make like a big kind of like mean face when she would do it and like they would laugh it was just for some reason it was just the funniest thing to to have that experience with her that identified with that word that then we could say you know blodo and she would just immediately kind of puff out like as much as she could like as a little baby and it was it was adorable it was that's so cute amazing that's, that's really, really cute, cute. Yeah. yeah i like that so I feel like I feel like Alvin and the Chipmunks were were a really big part. Plus, you know, any of any of the Christmas music. You know, yeah. every holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the uh you know, Christmas, Christmas. You know, Christmas don't be late, I think is the name yeah. of the song. And that's you know, that's a Christmas standard right now. I mean it has been. Well, it kind of goes to that era of like the whole, you know, all I went for Christmas is my two front teeth kind yeah. of stuff where there's all those songs that were like very hunky dory, light, upbeat, like I'm just a kid and I'm up pitched and I'm auto tuned and I'm singing a thing, you know? And yeah. like, there was a whole bunch of, <laughs> I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of the music like that where you can just pop in a CD and not have to worry about your kids and you can let them play and they, they have something to listen to too. So it kind of reminds me too of like the parenting style of like, let's just put this on and you know, I can make dinner and know that I can keep it playing. Yeah. yeah. And it's wholesome. You didn't have to worry about suddenly there, there being like a suggestive or a weird theme. And in many cases, uh, I think that maybe we can also talk about t tonight that it felt like Alvin and the Chipmunks could co-op a lot of other properties, oh, yeah. ideas, and spoof songs in sort of a playful lampoon, and it just made it more accessible for parents to say, this is this is kid-friendly. This is like very easy for them to digest. Yeah, it's, it's a, a, the proto-kids bop. You mean, God. you mean the Bengals didn't write that one song? No, <laughs> <laughs> they did not. It's, wow. Yeah, it's, 
Surprise, surprise. What? <laughs> what I think is really, really, really shocking is that, so in the video, Thriller is one of the songs that, that uh, they advertise the chipmunks singing for the, right. the, the stage show. And I thought to myself, like, man, so Michael Jackson gave them the rights to do Thriller. I wonder. Like, I, uh, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe he loved the chipmunks. Oof. Yeah, maybe he did. Yeah, I mean, maybe he did. Oh, I had them over to the ranch. They're really great. <laughs> we had a sleepover. <laughs> oh, Blanket just really loves them. It's okay. Don't worry. It's fine. Yeah, guys. Oof. Yikes. Not, <laughs> we are never entering Neverland. No. <laughs> no, I haven't watched that new documentary yet, but I, I'm going to buckle up. <laughs> I, I've heard a uh, friend of the show uh, and host, uh, co-host and, and friend, Jamal Newman, has, who has been on a couple times, Text messaged me the other day and he goes, watch, but also don't watch. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to take that. He's like, you need to watch it. But like, also you do not want to watch it. I'm like, I still, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Fair enough. Got it. So I want to say that uh, this show, I know that for the couple of the shows that we've had, they have been listener suggestions. Uh, Last week we had Jason Ledbetter who had suggested that we watch a particular cartoon this cartoon has been recommended to us a bunch of times to watch Alvin and the Chipmunks, but this is also one of the shows that I know that friend of the show Melanie Harker and myself love. And so really, this episode's for fans, but this is also kind of my pick too. So I really wanted to, to get into this. I like it. Yeah. And I will say that if anybody is listening and you're thinking, hey, you know what? They haven't over 232 episodes right now uh, talked about and discussed the cartoon that I really want to talk about. That's great. You can call us, 202-681-4406. You can leave me a message. That way, it gets included in the episode and you get the proper shout-out. Or you can go on any of our social media links. You can click the Recommend a Cartoon button and you can submit it via a Google form. It's that easy, gang. I keep I get so many recommendations of cartoons that I need to actually watch. And so it just helps me kind of consolidate everything so I can make sure that you get the proper shout-outs. And that I also know why you cared about this cartoon, too. So that's that's almost more important. Sure. Yeah. If you are not familiar with the history of Alvin and the Chipmunks, buckle up, because there is a lot that is here. Hold on. Give me a second to buckle up. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. I don't know if the audience can see that, but we actually have seatbelts. Yeah. Right it's now. weird. We're doing this in my car. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so, it's intense. Yeah. It's very bizarre because I'm, I'm in the front seat, and I actually can't see either of you except just the rearview mirror. So it's... I had to put my hula hoop in the back hatch. Yeah, I was still curious how you were able to get a hula hoop into the car and still like actually perform that way. I'm magical. It's fair enough. That makes sense. Alvin and the Chipmunks is an American animated television series featuring the Chipmunks. <laughs> it's produced by Bagdasarian Productions in association with, and there are some time frames because we've had some studio jumps, Ruby Spears Enterprises from 1983 to 1987 and Murakami Wolf Swenson in 1980, and Deke Animation City from 1988 to 1990. It aired all the way from 83 to 1990 on NBC, and it is the follow-up to the original 1961 to 1962 series, The Alvin Show. In 1988, the show switched production companies to Deke City Animation, with the first 11 episodes of season six being produced by Murakami Wolf Swenson, and it was simply renamed The Chipmunks at this time. In 1987, during the show's fifth season, The Chipmunks' first animated feature film, The Chipmunk Adventure, which we had just talked about, was released in theaters by the Samuel Goldwyn Company. The film was directed by Janice Carmen and featured The Chipmunks, The Chipettes, in a contest traveling around the world. 
they were actually diamond smugglers in yeah. that movie. That was the whole the whole point of it. The uh, that movie what really like jumped out at me at the time was that like the humans looked really realistic. Yeah, and it was like really jarring. <laughs> but like now as an adult, I appreciate how good that movie looks. Yeah, oh, I agree. It's still beautiful. It's crazy to think that. Gorge. In its eighth and final season, the show switched titles again from the, or to the Chipmunks go to the movies, uh, but it was the same as the Chipmunks. Each episode was a spoof of a Hollywood feature film like Back to the Future or King Kong. Several television specials featuring the characters were also released. In 1990, the special Rockin' Through the Decade was produced. That year, the Chipmunks also teamed up with other well-known cartoon characters such as Bugs Bunny and Garfield, Garfield, which we just talked about two weeks ago, for the drug abuse prevention special, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, which I cannot honestly wait to review. We've done so many drug. We did a two-part drug episode, I think, uh, you know, in the, the early time that we've been doing this show. And cartoon drug episodes are just so interesting uh, culturally to, to be able to kind of pull apart. I'm shocked that you haven't done Cartoon All-Stars Go to the Rescue yet, actually. Just, uh, we've done all the other drug episodes. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because it's such a, it was the first time like all of those cartoons came together. Right. Well, we've been circling the drain for a while. We just haven't hit rock bottom. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, from 1998 to 2002, Cartoon Network aired the 65 episode syndication package of this series. It also aired in Canada on Teletoon Retro from 2008 to 2015 when the channel shut down. The later episodes were not included in the syndication package, have not aired in the United States since the series cancellation was in 1990. Alvin and the Chipmunks went for eight seasons with a total of 102 episodes between September 17th, 1983 and December 1st of 1990. It cleared the cartoon syndication mark of getting 65 episodes, which is why they had ended up packaging it for distribution outside of the United States in that 65 episode chunk. There's a syndication benchmark? There is. There's a 65 episode cartoon syndication benchmark, which is very weird because on occasion, if you watch certain cartoons from the 80s, they will have one season, but 65 episodes in that season. And at the end, like when they get to 50, 55, they are recycling animation and cutting clips sometimes in from previous or older shows to make a new storyline. Or they're doing those ever classic Hey, remember that time that we did that thing? Doodly-loo, then, doodly-loo. Yep, it is. It's good and it's bad. Mm. Yeah. But to help us get a little bit more into understanding sort of the, the plot, everything behind the scenes for the chipmunks, Alex is going to help us out with this. Sure. Uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, there are three chipmunk brothers, Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Uh, the trio have been adopted and uh, are living with Dave Seville, who is a human, who is a caricature of uh, Ross uh, Bagdasarian, the creator of the chipmunks in the 1950s. Hmm. Um, and each show finds the boys getting into trouble by and, and uh, new and unusual situations. Uh, the show introduced the Chipettes, three female chipmunks with their own human caretaker, Miss Beatrice Miller, who would join the cast in 1986, which was after uh, Chipettes premiered. Right. In the 1983 series, I did not know this, it's revealed that the boy's mother, Vinnie, is a similar, similarly anthropomorphic chipmunk living in a nearby forest. One year, uh, a particularly harsh winter had caused a nut shortage. I know exactly what that's like. And the forest dwellers were... 
barely <laughs> able to forage enough food for themselves. Yeah. Vinny realized that her newborn children would likely not survive the winter and was forced to give them up. She anonymously, uh, anonymously left them on Dave's doorstep as she had earlier seen him treating forest creatures kindly. Well, wait a... Way to just, just drag the whole Jesus. <laughs> show down with this. God. No, it's important because I think a lot of people always ask, like, what is the origin of Alvin and the Chipmunks? Like, where do they come from? Yeah. You know, did Dave have sex with a squirrel? Thank God he did. It's didn't. a valid question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't Honestly, want to put a like, bathroom. Yeah, I would be like, I was sort of wondering that too. Like, why do they look like that? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> They're not chipmunks. Chipmunks have a stripe down their back. Like, can we, I'm sorry. Can we talk about that? Like, chipmunks have a stripe down their back. And tails. And tails. Right. Okay, sorry, continue. Well, yeah. if you got a large onesie on, you can't really tell. That's that's true. You can't tell anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the boys were, uh, sh she did return a couple of years later, but seeing that they were happy in their new life uh, with Dave and decided to leave things as they were. The boys were unaware of their origins until they asked Dave during an argument over their exact birthdays. Dave was unsure as Vinny had never revealed herself to him, but the boys investigated and eventually tracked her down. That's right. an episode that I want to see now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the main thing is that I've learned from this recap is that one, I'm going to start using the word nut shortage more often. <laughs> and two, I can never hear that without just hearing Alex just laugh in the background. <laughs> 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 Uh, we're trying to add levity to a real grave situation about a, just a forced adoption or uh, just giving up your, she, abandoning your kids. Yeah. I mean, she did the right thing. I mean, she was like, well, they're not going to survive. I will, but I mean, nut shortage. I mean, but the chipmunks have proved now that like they eat more than just nuts. I mean, Theodore eats everything. I mean, if you think about it, that is, is inherently the idea of adoption in the first place. There's some parent for some reason, whatever it is, they can't take care of the kid and there's some other parent for some other reason that can and like, end of the day doesn't really matter. Right? True. Like, it, they have a loving home. Yeah. yeah. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. And that's and that's what we learned here too. Yeah. Not sure. Wow. <laughs> it all comes together. Yeah. <laughs> also, one of the most important things, theme songs. That's right. Can't theme song without them. We judge every thing by the theme song. We want to get into this. I feel like I've written an entire thesis statement over the course of the show, and just in terms of uh, the actual theme song and just breaking and dissecting these down. Jane, I want to start with you and just check and see what was your what was your opinion, what was your reaction, what did you like, what did you not like about this theme song. So the theme song plus opening montage was very reminiscent of kind of Ducktales which I loved watching the DuckTales. That was something that I really related to. And it was all these little boys running around getting all these little adventures and they crash their little spaceship and somebody comes and saves them and Scrooge is diving into the money. And it was very kind of like, here are us doing all the things we could do. So seeing these little scenarios in which they could like have fun and explore their worlds is very imaginative. And it kind of gives this kind of opening thesis statement of like, hey kids, this is a place where you can use your full imagination and go to these crazy places. And so I, you know, I think it's cute, but it's so high pitched and jarring. You can't actually hear what they're freaking saying. Right. So like the entire time I'm like, and you're like, speak English. I don't know what you're saying. Like, what are you saying? What is this? Like, I don't know. I had a hard time just understanding, like, what are you trying to convey to me? Cause it's so high pitched. I was like tuning out. So yeah, that was my <laughs> impression. I was like, I want to like this, but I'm like leaning away from it at the same time. No, no, no. I understand. Like, 
you know what, uh, theme songs can be in many cases, sometimes very polarizing. So if you did not like the theme song, never be upset about not liking a theme song. It's, you know, it's, it's sort of that first impression, you know, that, that visual auditory first impression that you have for a cartoon. And so, you know, there, there are sometimes where it could be decades and I put something on and I immediately recognize and sing along with all the words. And there could be other times where I'm just like, oh no, did I really, did I used to sing along with this? Cause this is embarrassing how bad this is. And it's it, like when you're a kid and you realize a sex song is talking about sex and you didn't when you were a kid and you're like, oh, oh no, I, I always knew that they were about sex. Really? Oh, I never did. <laughs> What's sex anyway, guys? I don't know. You know what? That's, we're going to do another podcast, which is just going to be called Jane and Sean explain sex to Alex. So you take your Simon. Okay, I, I'm listening. You know, we should take this offline. Well, speaking of that, like, where do babies come from anyway? Like, what's the deal with that? <laughs> Someone just drops them on a doorstep and you're like, I I mean, this is this is how I learned where babies come from. Yeah, I mean, squirrels just leave kids on doorsteps and then yeah. after a harsh winter or during a harsh winter. Weird anthropomorphic chipmunk people. <laughs> yeah. Named Vinny. That's how it happens. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's how, that's hey, how Oh man, my kids—they're gonna die of a nut shortage. <laughs> I gotta leave them on this doorstep. My name is Vinny. Oh man, Vinny, Vinny voice. <laughs> Alex, what were your impressions of the theme song? Um, well, you know, I've heard it before. Uh, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it before. It's a glowing recommendation. <laughs> so casual you no know, like uh yeah nbd <laughs> the chipmunk theme song uh this the thing that always stood out to me about the chipmunks theme song is the synth like strong prevalent synth music um yeah. and uh because it just sounds like one person doubled over singing and i rather liked it when i was a kid but i i all of my memories <laughs> doubled over i'm picturing somebody literally doubled over singing oh. <laughs> sorry continue i mean yeah i mean that's how you get your voice that high you have to really like yeah, just... really destroy your diaphragm um uh yeah i i have a lot of memories of drawing while this song was playing like in the background because you know chipmunks was on so i'm just gonna draw and also kind of watch it um the animation is really great uh, i love how fluid and and weird and squishy they all are yeah um, which isn't really indicative of the show at the time, but then you know when when Deke or uh, uh, the other Murakami, uh, yeah, Murakami three name yeah, production studio, the MWS over. or whatever I guess yeah. you'd call it, uh, um, the Chipmunks got a lot more. Just they look like they were squishier, right? If that makes sense. No, I mean they they like they definitely got rounder. Yeah. You know, they definitely got, I don't want to say they, they didn't get chubbier. No. But they, they just had a lot, they were uh, a little bit curvier just in their design yeah. of what they had. Con I mean, to contrast that from like the, the 61, 62 Alvin and the Chipmunks, who are like almost like straight lines. Like they yeah. are like weirdly pencil, like straight and thin. And you're just like, huh. You know, but there's always been sort of that like quick movement back and forth. And I think maybe that sort of understanding and mapping some of the qualities of a chipmunk and just kind of how sporadic and quick and yeah. fidgety that they can be onto the actual animation that they had for the for this particular characters. One of the lyrics is like, give us a call, we'll show you the time or something like that. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I just thought it was like, give us a call wheel. I'm like, what the fuck is a call wheel? Like, <laughs> it's just, I didn't understand all the lyrics because of partly what you were saying, Jane, because it's high pitched and that's just how they talk. But uh that that lyric just always got stuck in my head, and then I was watching rewatching it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, the call wheel part coming up." <laughs> um, 
this is coming from somebody who watches a lot of anime and sees theme songs that are like a uh, minute and 30. Yeah. Generally, this might be a little long uh, for an American cartoon. And, and they even pat it out by going, do, 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 like at the end. <laughs> yep. But, but that song is, it's, it's a, it's a theme song that resonates a lot. Like when I think about cartoon theme songs from my childhood. So no, absolutely. I mean, this was one of the, you know, theme songs that when I, put it on, I immediately began singing along with it. I remembered all the lyrics. I uh, didn't remember the cheese wheel or the call wheel. Uh, that was not a problem. I just, I really got into it. And and being a little bit more critical, I really liked the fact that this was something that was dedicated animation. This wasn't necessarily animation that you were going to see in the rest of the show. Right. Uh, in, in many cases, I felt like there was less jank animation in the theme song because it was that dedicated animation, because they were trying to make that great first impression, as opposed to some of the episodes, which maybe it's where we were streaming it on Daily Motion or you know the the standard definition quality that they had, but there was definitely some jank that we can talk about in the animation sure. quality. Sure. Uh, but this the theme song felt very fluid. I love the fact that you sort of indirectly received an an, uh, an audible roll call like the Alvin Simon Theodore. Uh-huh. I love that. that you got that. That's one of my favorite things. And yeah. and. I agree with your point. It felt very imaginative. Uh, the the scene where they kind of like are transitioning between different uh, locations, where they're kind of like in the in the water, and then they're on a surfboard, and then they're in a studio with like a box fan. That for some reason that is so notable to me that that yeah. transition that they did, I love that. And the moment it came on, I was like, oh, I still love this. I, I really I really enjoyed watching it. And I for me, it was a definite earworm. Like this oh, is yeah. something that after all that time I can just pick it up and I, I'm probably going to be humming or singing this much to my chagrin for the next couple of days because I'm going to be doubling over trying to destroy my diaphragm to get that high. You know, uh, it's funny you brought up the the roll call thing because that's like something that's super prevalent, especially in the 90s. It get worse, I think. Not worse, but just like, hey, let's name <laughs> all 80 characters, even though some of them are not great and they'll show up once. <sighs> like Animaniacs is a really good example. Yeah, of this. Tell me, tell uh, watch the Bots Masters. Uh, intro that they have uh, as, as a cartoon that that one is atrocious but this is like this this predates that a little bit because uh, uh, what turtles had that too right. tiny tunes like all the warner but all the warner brothers show had uh, shows had that right um but that's that's how you know it's like a cartoon from that period of time there's there's a roll call got to know the characters before you watch the show that yeah. got to establish what their names are that's it no. I don't I know agree. if y'all remember, this is a tangent, but at the end of Animaniacs' opening thing, they're like, Animani, totally insane and the, the different thing. My sister would always say, where's Janie's brainy? Or whatever. <laughs> she'd make it about my name or be like, Janie's veiny. And she'd always do like a me thing. Um, so I felt like I always had my personalized roll call for Animaniacs. Aww, so it's like that. that's why Dot's my spirit animal for yeah. cartoons. Anyway. That's really cool. Yeah, the Animaniacs had like a little couch gag at the end of their... Uh, yeah. My sister personalized it to me and I was like, oh, you care. You love me. Well, you know, your sister might have an opportunity to redo some couch gags because Animaniacs has been greenlit and coming back to Hulu next year. <gasps> yep. What? Yeah. Possibly this year. It depends Hello, on nurse. The, I know, right? <laughs> Hello, male nurse. <laughs> it, uh, you just call it a nurse. Yeah. No, but that's what Doc did that one time. I know. I know, right? Don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah, no. It uh it is they're I think that they're just continuing. Like they're just gonna kind of make fun of potentially the the fact that the show stopped and now it is just continuing, like nothing ever happened, where I'm sure that they're gonna provide meta commentary on that. Yep. So nice. 
and and Jane is making a money symbol at me, which you know that just proves the fact that like if you throw enough money at a problem, you can reboot a cartoon very quickly. <laughs> so that's always the case. I wanted to check because we talked a little bit about the fact that there were multiple animation studios, and for tonight's episode, we watched uh, we watched one specific episode, and we had a a bonus episode, which is fun because it it kind of. Uh, is that uh, the Chipmunks go to the movies era of when the cartoon was was on television? So very late season of the show, and so we did this to kind of contrast a little bit about the animation style. And so I wanted to ask Jane, what were what were your impressions about the animation style for Alvin and the Chipmunks? Um, like the original or the newer? Start with you can start with the new. Um, I think there's a uh, something more. There's there's like an, a weird you can relate more to a character when it looks more human than, you know, otherworldly. And I think a lot of the newer animation style with them made them rounder, made them differentiated from each other a little more, gave their more like faces a little more personality. So within what they were doing or saying, they were more expressive facially and you could kind of get a better feeling of what they were feeling by looking at them. And whenever we have that kind of door opened, it's more uh, comfortable but then on the other side is the uncanny valley of these a little too human of chipmunks. So they had that really poly cuddly, like I feel like nice and I can see what they're feeling and I feel like more of an emotional connection. But at the same time, it's a little like, yeesh, because their voices are so high pitched. You're just like, this is so unreal. So it hit that uncanny valley for me. Okay. Oh, understood. Alex, what were your impressions about animation style for Alvin and the Chipmunks? Yeah, I thought it was really cool uh, that we that I got well that I got to go back and forth between the two. <laughs> just so casual, but just I've heard it before. I've heard it before. I've know I know the story. I've seen the song and dance. Um, yeah, the so the the earlier stuff like early eighties, um, it looked kind of similar to what they sort of looked like in the fifties and sixties. A little a little simpler, but. Uh, um, but it did have like a modern, a more modern take on it, um, and then as you know, they got like like Jane was mentioning, more human, more round, uh, and that actually, <laughs> ugh. I I don't know, like like ugh. you were just groaning about. I'm this. sorry. They've got like they start looking less like chipmunks because they don't have like the chipmunk muzzle anymore. Right. They get like the weird button noses. And they start actually having like Norman Rockwell painting children, like proportions, and uh, it's I don't know. It just, what are the Norman Rockwell proportions? They're all. It's basically just realistic paintings of like kids between the ages of like four and uh, eight. Like, just it looked like too real. <laughs> oh, okay. Like that's what I'm, and but still wacky hijinks, and and Dave even looks different. Like right. Dave is a lot more expressive with his face, and oh man, Dave, woof! That guy needs to old Dave smoke versus, some weed. <laughs> old Dave versus new Dave. Yeah. Oh, Hello, yikes. male nurse. Oh yikes! He looks like he's straight out of fucking. I'm sorry, I don't know if he's smart. He's straight out of Full House. He looks like the oh hip God. dad from the '90s, where Bob he's Saget. like Bob Saget kind of yeah. like style of like, hey, I've got this shirt that's like. You know, I'm at home, so I'm wearing like a sweatshirt, but I've got like a collared shirt underneath because I'm respectable and have a salary. And like my hair on top is loose, but in the back it's tight. Like, but at the same time, did he have a salary? Because he's managing the chipmunks. Like that's his job. I don't even want to get into how he doesn't realize that he doesn't have a room booked at a hotel. And I, that, yeah, oh I don't know. I know, I know. There's I a lot. Like he's bad at his job. Whatever his job is, is it 
Is it some other thing during the day that he uses to make money? Is it managing the chipmunks? Is it being a dad? Whatever it is, he sucks at it. Exploiting, <laughs> it's exploiting like, his freak sons. Like whatever it is you do, be better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like take a book out of Melania's. Like, like I just like he's failing in whatever he's trying to do. <laughs> oh, poor Dave. Poor Dave. Well, I mean, he gets so pissed like at the drop of a hat, and like, oh, God, just you can just tell in the later episodes too. It's like the only cells of that of animation that they have for him are just like yelling or <laughs> pissed off. Alvin, like the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just him getting very frustrated. God, any any additional thoughts about animation, Alex? Um, I was actually really surprised at how little how, li- how little was recycled. Yeah, um, even in the early stuff, like the Ruby Spears Mr. T episode. Like, yes, I, you know the interesting thing about this is that there may have actually been some recycled animation between this because a contemporary of Alvin and the Chipmunks in the early 83, Mr. T had a cartoon called Mr. T and the T-Force, which was also on NBC in 83 where Mr. T lended his own voice and he was the coach of a gymnastics team on the show. Okay, I didn't know that. I knew that Ruby Spears did a Mr. T show. Oh, yeah. But I did not. (laughs) He was a coach. Coach T. Coach T. He, He pities the fool who can't climb the rope. Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because I, I definitely mentioned in the show itself there was definitely a little bit of jank in terms of the animation. Mm. Uh, there was sometimes that it wasn't very fluid, and I don't know if that was just again the streaming service that we had or sort of the standard definition or the actual animation quality itself. But very similar to the the Mr. T that we saw and the Mr. T style that they had in any Ruby Spears cartoon that was out during that time. Very solid colors. Uh, there was no shading in many cases whatsoever. Uh, and they always have that like sort of medium to like thin outline around all of the characters that they have so that it kind of either pops or contrasts with exactly what the background and the environment is that they're in. And that's that's just classic Ruby Spears. If you've seen one Ruby Spears cartoon, you've, you've seen the style that they're gonna just copy paste for everything. And I, I like it. I don't mind it. Yeah. I think it, it feels very like, uh, it feels very Ruby Spears, Hanna Barbera for that early '80s time frame for right. me. I love Hanna Barbera. I mean, that whole Scooby Doo. I mean, just slow clap, right? I love that shit. Like, it's great. Like, I think it's if it's classic and that's like a, a visual language you're sharing with your audience, then like, why not just speak the same language and get right. rolling on the plot? And in many cases, they did, you know, and so they did a good job with that stuff. And so, um, you know, and then they were able to just copy paste and reuse recycle animation elsewhere. So, always fun. I would like to point out, though, that the female um, uh, uh, chipmunks were more anthropomorphized than the male chipmunks were. Oh, just right off the bat, yeah. Yeah. Like, they had, their their noses were, yep. like, not dark colored. They, their yep. muzzles were less. They, they look more like, uh, God, Who's? The Who's from yeah. Yeah. the bad Grinch movie. The really bad Grinch movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's just generally because I think female characters are more sexualized than male characters are anyway, IMO. Oh, um, that's true. But they were less chipmunk looked. Like even the the colors, yeah, like the male chipmunks looked very, sorry, male chipmunks looked very like chipmunk color. They were all the same color and the girls had the different colors. And the male chipmunks had all the same hair color and the girls had the blonde brunette, like other blonde, yeah. you know. And so just generally speaking, their animation styles were in, in sync with like, we're going to objectify these characters but not these other characters Mm. i will say just as a point that there were a couple cells that we had uh in the episode that we watched for the introduction of the chipettes where if it was 
uh, if it was shot from like stage left, they had pink noses. If it was shot like cross on stage right, they were black noses. It's like nobody got the memo about what color nose they were actually going to put on the chipettes because there were moments when you'd you'd move back and forth between angles, and you would see that stark contrast of just like no, Britney's Britney's nose was just pink two seconds ago. Why is it? But oh no, it's pink again. Okay, now it's back to black. It just like stuff like that definitely stood out for me was just some of those inconsistencies because to you know to our point, all of the the male chipmunks had black little little noses. You know, and so somebody was probably like, oh, I'm going to cut corners because I want to go home early today. And to me, I will say I respect that decision. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. We've talked a bunch about the different characters that are on here. I feel like Jane is the best person to ask what her opinion is. Was there, was there anybody that you didn't like from this cast? Of characters in these episodes? Yes. You know, I just... Or hold on. Were you just going to talk about people you didn't like in general? Like holistically, like out there? Alex is okay. Okay. Good. I think he's a great person. Oh, you guys. That smock looks great on you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm trying to to make it a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to make it. You know, I don't think there were any characters I disliked. Okay. Any, Any particular favorite characters that you had coming out of this? I usually root for the underdog and I don't like all of the fat shaming that happened with the, with Simon because every single crack was about him eating food. Or right. Theodore, you mean? Uh, yes. No, Theodore's the glasses one. That's Simon. That's Simon. Okay, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I know, I know. Jeez, you must be embarrassed. No, I'm I, just kidding. I am embarrassed. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just, I, I generally just like, I'm very aware of bullying and I feel like I don't really like how Alvin was kind of bullying the other two a lot i think most of the themes around like them as a group is he's the ringleader but he doesn't have to be the ringleader that cuts down other people and i think sometimes he's like oh your idea is stupid because you're overthinking it give me that or like you're dumb because you're paying attention to the wrong thing this isn't about this this is about this and i just like i kind of didn't like that dynamic it's very funny because i've always looked at simon as being the one who's going to use his brain And and Theodore as somebody who's going to be a little bit more kind of instinctual or like feel from like his gut right. uh, about what's going on. And then I've always felt that Alvin is sort of just the like the impulsive nature of just the the group where like he he's not using his brain and he's not using like his his gut intuition or instinct. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like, I need this. I need this now. And let's go do this. Yeah, and it's very separating out those kind of different instincts we all have and kind of giving each person a job that speaks to their strengths and letting them run with that kind of thing too. Like it makes, it's very like Harry Potter, like you're the Gryffindor versus the Ravenclaw versus the Hufflepuff kind of thing. Right. Um, so I wouldn't say there's necessarily a character I disliked, but if there was one, it would be Alvin. Ooh. Oof. Going after that titular character. Take him down. Take him down. <laughs> nice. All right. Alex, were there any characters that you didn't like that were in this show? Uh, you know what? I've always had kind of a, a distaste for Alvin just because. Oh boy, here we go. He's <laughs> he never like learns anything. Like he's he's just he's very self centered. Uh, I wouldn't even go as far as to call him like the Bart Simpson of like <laughs> he's got the troublemaker yeah. bit in him, but he doesn't have the like the heart. There's no, no empathy. No, at all. Ever. Yeah. Like, the, all that was given to Simon and Theodore. Simon's yeah. always the, you know, you shouldn't do this, Alvin, and Theodore is the really honest one. Now, do you feel that that 
just in terms of like the the level of success is because they always put Alvin's name first. It's always Alvin and the Chipmunks. I think that's fucked up. Like how, how show me that Alvin is better than the other two in some They literally sort of do the same thing all at the same time in sync. Like they're literally all doing the same thing at the same time. Why is he the ringleader? So in the Back to the Future one, <laughs> get into it. In the Back to the Future episode, <laughs> uh, Alvin like he goes back to the past and meets the um, the 1966 chipmunks and try. Apparently, 1966 Alvin wants to be a dry cleaner instead of a or like a ship. financial planner. Something. Sick dry yeah. cleaning burn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and Alvin's like, no, you should be a musician, and uh, it really gets into the heart of Alvin's character because both Alvins are like really stubborn and self centered, and they just want everything to go right for them. They don't care about the other two really, right? Uh, like, I think that was I don't know, it was a, it was a good episode to watch for that. Um, I was there, there was a moment just to kind of like put a put a bow on it yeah. where Alvin says something. He's like if you don't go back and do this, we will never become famous. And would I lie to myself about this? Yeah. And and in that moment I was like, Oh my God, this is like the fucking hubris, <laughs> like the ego that he's walking around with. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if at any point there was ever an episode where they called this Simon in the chipmunks or Theodore in the chipmunks. That's an episode that I would kind of like to watch just to see Alvin's kind of reaction to everything that's happening. I yeah. bet I bet that like Theodore would just if the, it was Theodore and the Tripmunks, the Theodore would have a power trip. I you think know. whoever has the the titular name has the power trip? Yeah. Oof. I don't know. Cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I relate to Dave. Okay. I relate to Dave. I'm just, very curious about this. Um, I relate to Dave more than I do the Chipmunks. Okay, because we're we're human. We're because adults. I'm, we're adults. We're adult humans. Because you're a 60s, 90s sitcom dad. <laughs> thank you. Oh my god, I think I've waited my entire life to hear that. <laughs> you're just a Patrick Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? I just got out of the shower. What's wrong? <laughs> it's been a dream sequence the whole time. That's right. Yep. Um, gonna get Dallas. Yeah. Always gotta get Dallas. Uh, um, so Dave. I just feel his frustration. Like I would be as frustrated as him. I don't think I would be as short fused as David. Sure. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically where it lies. Cause these characters, they're not very complex characters. No. I think the co- most complex character in all of these episodes is the, the, the Mater D or the, the, the bellhop or the, the guy, the hotel manager. Cause he's also like, He's he manages a hotel and he also is auditioning these chipmunks to play like Oh my god, that character caused so many problems for me the entire time. <laughs> I was pulling my hair out being like <laughs> Like it's the ancillary characters that like I'm that that really get me. That there's that guy and then there's the teens that just steal shit for no reason and then their clubhouse is a, a is a, a fort. It becomes like a, a castle a, defense game. It's but a, it's somebody's actual house. It's, it's an a, abandoned house. It's a huge abandoned house. <laughs> I'm just assuming it's where Stephen King's It took place, like where Pennywise was located. Well, no, I'm not even joking. That's probably like. And who the f is Clyde? <laughs> okay, why is he a time machine and he's messing around these uh, chipmunks? Clyde, Clyde, crash up. Yeah, crash, I, crash, crash up, crash up. Yeah, it was. Uh, who is the scientist who has a time machine in the Back to the Future spoof that we had watched for tonight? 
There, uh, there's so much crazy stuff that's in it. here. All these adults are so bad at adulting. All of yes, them suck. Every, every adult. Why did Mr. T not just go call somebody's parents to deal with this problem? Well, Mr. T's got to deal with it the way that Mr. T deals with it. That's Those are the rules, Jane, and I don't make the rules. All right. Well, I noticed that he was having a T-bone steak, and of course he was. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed that, but the second I saw his plate, it was like, it's going to be a T-bone, and then I saw his plate, and I was like, yes! I did not notice that. I did not like, notice of that. course it's a T-bone. did not notice that yeah uh we are now at the point where we could talk a little bit about the plot we're not going to go beat by beat for this but i've put together about five or six questions that i think relate to some of the concepts and themes that we had for this episode and i wanted to get your input on them great so for this first episode is really broken into two segments and in the c team segment that we saw which is just Again, I feel like I can never say that without nut shortage and <laughs> just C-team. Uh, there is a moment where Dave gives up a family heirloom, a, a pocket watch, so the kids can take this uh, to school to present for show and tell. I want to just check and see any family heirlooms that you guys have that you uh, may or may not have given up to Alvin and the Chipmunks, but any, any particular family heirlooms that you would have that same similar attachment that Dave had, Jane? Oh, I, you know, when you first said that, it's not, I don't have it currently, but I was allowed as a child to take a very important family photo to school and bring it back home, and I was given the trust to do so. But it was my grandfather who was born in 1907. He lived to be like 95. He was wow. an awesome dude. And he had a family, oh, God, I'm going to say this wrong, like 11 or something siblings, like a big old Irish Catholic farm family kind of thing. And it was this old photograph of him as like a, maybe a teenager and his entire family, like all siblings and his mom and dad, um, like my great grandparents. And this is like an old, old photo. And I was allowed to take it to school and back. And it was like, oof, like don't lose this. this is the only one of my entire like like paternal father's like side photo. Wow. And I was allowed and trusted to take it to school and back. And I, I felt that and I was like, oof. So watching the episode, that's what I relate to. Nice, nice. Wow. Alex. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't know if I would ever want to take any any heirlooms to school to show for show and tell. I would always take like my toys like to show and tell, like, oh look at this thing that I got. It's so cool. Um if I took anything, it probably would be like a photo or something. Mm. Um photo of my family or, or something like that. But an heirloom, like, I don't know. Uh I think I think if I pressured my parents into it like Alvin did, I definitely probably would have had some sort of piece of jewelry or something, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you know, going along the lines of what you said for for photographs from from both of you, that would be mine as well. Yeah. I have my grandfather's camera that he had when he was deployed fighting in World War Two. Mm. and uh like i think he bought it when he was overseas like in germany uh and he managed to bring it back and i i still have it and that's like one of those things that like if if something if there was ever a fire in my place it would be like get the get the small portable safe that has all the information grandpa's camera get the fuck out of the house mm -hmm. like to me i'm like that's that's a really cool memento of of something that was important to him when he was over there doing that so no, I think photographs are, you know, those things that it's it's impossible to replace, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless you have the negatives, I guess, but 
Yeah. Who has negatives? Um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but my my um, dad's mom passed away a while ago. And at her funeral, there was a photo that no one could identify with her and a friend in a photo booth. And no one knew who the friend was. And this is her as a younger woman. And no one knew who this woman was. I swear if you say it's Mr. T. It was Mr. T. God damn it. It was Mr. T. But I took that photo because I like the idea that one day I'm going to be the woman in someone else's photo at their family reunion that no one can identify because we all are a part in each other's lives that, you know, we come and go. And sometimes, you know, at the end of your life, someone doesn't know who you are. And I like the idea of taking whoever that strange woman was that was friends with my grandma when she was 20 and having that be something that I feel I could be for somebody else one day. That's really cool. Yeah, that is nice. I like that a lot. It's up in my bedroom. Awesome. Awesome. I want to say that we've, joked a lot about Mr. T so far, but I want to know if you could have a celebrity cameo in any cartoon, who would be that celebrity? Don't doesn't matter about the cartoon. Who would be that celebrity cameo that you would have? Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet? Yes. Oh, that'd be fucking rad. Yeah. I would totally see that. Yeah. She'd be great, futuristic. Yes. Whatever you would be so fun. Draw on her would she would kill it. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm on board with that. Janelle Monet. Alex. God, this is a tough one just because there's so many celeb- well these days celebrities are in everything everything so I gotta I, gotta, I probably have to like go back now like and think <laughs> like what celebrities haven't done a cartoon and like what's funny is that I want to say Vincent Price but he was in 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo like that right. is he was a cast member <laughs> yeah uh, but like somebody like uh, I don't know Christopher Lee or oh you know what no uh, Matt Berry uh, Matt Berry <laughs> Matt Berry is my choice uh, and and just because he has an amazing voice, uh, for those not in the know, Matt Berry is a British comedian. Uh, he had his own sketch show called Snuffbox. He was in the uh, the It Crowd. Um, he is currently uh, doing something right now. Um, I don't know for the life of me what he's doing exactly, but he's he's got this voice that just sounds like this, and this is just how he talks. Oh. Toast of London. He's on the show Toast of London. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's uh, about a, a a British actor trying to make his way through the theater like circuit or whatever, and um, everybody in the show has ridiculous names like 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 Stephen Toast and Ray Purchase. Like they're just really dumb. Just really crazy. Yeah, but that's who I would want to guest star in a cartoon. Okay. Matt Berry. I, I'm the same way on very notable voice actors. I would want Chris Walken. I'd yeah. want. I'd really want Christopher Walken. You know, I think he would be the perfect person to. To have on something like that because everybody would know and you could just put Chris Walken in ridiculous situations. His version of I Want to Be Like You that plays during the end credits of Jungle Book is the best version of that song that has ever been recorded or will ever be ooh, recorded. Mm. I want to be like you. Ooh, ooh. It's like it writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> so in the second part, the Chip Et episode that we had for season one, episode one, they had talked about the fact that they were wagering the name the Chipmunks off to the Chipettes who were also the chipmunks at this point. And Alvin had said, oh no, how do you guys feel about Alvin and the fuzzballs? If you had to rename Alvin and the chipmunks anything, Jane, what would you call them? Can we go to Alex first? I need to think. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Alex, what are you feeling? Well, well, what I don't get is why he he just couldn't be like, well, now we're Alvin and the chipmunks. I I know. It doesn't make any, like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, also, what when Dave was like, okay, my lawyer's on the phone. I'm like, that's the first thing you should do. Yeah. <laughs> also, find out like who these ch- other chipmunks are. Like, you got to figure it out. I would call them the trimaries. The trimaries. Trimaries. 
Because they all were primary colors, and there were three of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I told you I needed Jesus a minute, Christ. and I got there. You did it. God. Uh, <laughs> I interrupted Alex to say that, because no. I was like, ha-ha! No, it was your turn anyway. Like, I gotta, I, I need to think about this for half a second that isn't, that won't be a joke answer. Oh, okay. Because, like... You can do total joke answers, too. I don't know, like Alvin and the Fuzzballs. Nobody's going to watch that. Yeah. Uh, want to see that. Nobody's going to want to see that. Shit. Simon and the Nut Shortage. <laughs> <laughs> just call, you know what? Just, yeah, just, if you just call them Nut Shortage. Yeah. Nut Shortage. Yeah. Nut Shortage. They're just a few nuts short of a full basket. There you go. That's mm-hmm. their tagline. I like it. I, I, I almost feel like there needs to be, and like, I think my entry would be something, just call them Vinny. Like Vinny. as a, like a. Tribute to their mom. Tribute to their mom. Yeah. I think yeah. something like that would be fun. Plus, none of them would then have to be in the spotlight, so none of them would just be total assholes as a result. I think they'd all be assholes anyway. Alvin's yeah. a dick. I don't uh, like Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> just get real prima donnas for, for all three of them. Just call it Vinny. You know, Welcome to the stage, Vinny. And it's just like really high-pitched <laughs> people oh saying it. You know, they don't even, like their name doesn't even need to be chipmunk-centric. It could be something like, like, uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. It could be something like ah, oh, stapler face and the and the sea urchins. Like that's perfect. Yeah, it's like naming improv groups. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me a noun. Give me an adjective. That's our name. Yep, figured it out. That's right. I wanted to ask. We saw in this Chip At episode the Alvin and the Chipmunks gang trying to sabotage the Chip Ats at some point. I wanted to ask, what is the worst either sabotage fantasy that you've ever had? <laughs> Or what is the worst sabotage that you've ever witnessed? If you need a minute, I can go first. Yeah. And say that when I was in high school and we were doing Sound of Music, I witnessed somebody sabotage themselves, who the woman who was playing Maria in the, uh, we were doing like a dress rehearsal and she ran backstage and she was pissed off about something and she had to do a quick costume change uh, and there was a, they were finishing up the sets and there was a bucket of paint. And as she was flailing, she like hit a, uh, like a two by four and a bucket of green paint just dumped all over her. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she like went out and did, I mean, to her credit. How do you solve a problem like that? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, you just really, that was a three pointer. <laughs> I mean, that was really, you just drain in buckets all day. Jane. Love it. Drain in buckets, but there's a nut shortage. <laughs> I'm just draining nuts all over town all day. Just draining nut buckets. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was watching, it was watching this, this poor, uh, this poor woman sabotage herself just with, like in this rage and then having to go out and deal with the consequences because we were all off stage in the wings, like, just in disbelief. Oh, wow. Wow. Nice. I think I appreciate corporate embarrassment a lot. Because <laughs> I think in workspaces, we try to be our most professional selves. And that's when our real selves come out. And I usually try to like disarm people by being like, hey, I'm just, we're all just real people getting our jobs done. Like, I don't care whatever this project is. Like, if it sounds like you're having a hard day, like, let's just be people together. And I like make, making, you know, spaces that are supposed to be sterile, like more human. Um, but I really appreciate it when people are like just get a real big come up and it's like they always yell about some somebody not being on mute, you know, on the phone and then their dog is like bah, 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 and it's their fault. <laughs> it's like ha ha. I like that. I love uh, it. God, I that sort of just reminds me of something that happened like last year at my workplace where somebody hit reply all to a to a thing. <laughs> 
or uh and everybody got to it was it was like a a sexual harassment email oh, oh no, no. <gasps> or like don't make comments about like oh no or or something like that and then somebody replies all oh, be like oh well you should tell that to so and so cuz her dress was so hiked up that da 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 da, da. and he oh. replied all and then he was like i'm so sorry i rescinded everything i just said <gasps> yeah and that's like a self sabotage oh my god <laughs> wow um but when i was a kid i didn't i i i can't think of any like like ill will that i kind of wish on people that's like overly complicated but yeah when i was a kid i pushed one of my friends into the pool and he didn't know how to swim and I thought that was it would be funny, and then my dad jumped in and saved him. Oh God! I effectively almost murdered him. Uh, That's a life lesson. Yeah, and I was I, I was a, a groomsman at his wedding, and we joked about it. So we're cool, obviously. Good, good. But yeah. um, but that's my way of sabotaging, almost murdering wow. a child. Oh my God! When no. I was also a child, so it was fair game. Understood. So. If you were to take a BuzzFeed quiz for Alvin and the Chipmunks to find out which chipmunk or chipette you were, who would be the result of this BuzzFeed quiz? Jane? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that the brunette chipette with the glasses reminded me of Jenna Hall, and I really like her and respect her, so I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> I, think you're talking, I think you're talking about uh, Jeanette? Jeanette? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Reminded you of Jenna Hall? The entire time I was like, yeah, Jenna, go get it. <laughs> Can I just tell you what there's that there's a scene in in that episode where they you know sitcom style divide the room into you know his and hers in twain yeah and Simon and Jeanette are fighting over a pillow that is like in the middle of the room like what are you doing with the pillow though like it's the morning are you just like trying to put it away why are you fighting over that I'm so angry about the entire premise of they had a show booked and they had a room booked and the boys are like, oh, this must be ours. And they come in and then the women have to defend themselves in their own spaces against their own show in their own room. Like, why? Yeah, no, to your point, Dave is a bad manager in this instance oh, for yeah. not even realizing that he... So the premise of this is that they are driving past a hotel. They see the chipmunks playing tomorrow night on the marquee. Dave goes to himself, I didn't think that I booked this, but I guess I must have. So they stop at the hotel. They go in, receive what they believe to be their hotel rooms. And then they're commenting on the way to the room saying, it was really weird how the way the maitre d' like, looked at us when we, we checked in. Well, yeah, because the chipettes were already in that room. So they, they barge in and effectively try to kick out the chipettes through like a series of like you know fun fun shenanigans which are not super fun they're like you know no. like this this is us to the chipettes point they are from australia they may not have known about uh you know i guess maybe copyright laws for the chipmunks you know and sure. let's be honest this was 1983 it's not like they could have like googled to say are there other groups called the chipmunks that are out there so they have this show they book a show they get booked their names on the marquee they book a room they have a room these boys waltz in, they get the keys to their hotel room, and then the manager says, you have to fight over your own damn room, and it's not my fault. Yeah. And then he says, oh, your show's up for grabs too? Great, you have to fight for your own damn show you already had booked. And I have no idea why the boys just didn't go into Dave's room and stay with him. Where it, did he sleep? It was booked up, right? Like, that was part oh, of it? Like oh, There was no nut shortage that night. No. Oh, no. <laughs> not in Dave's room. Dave's like, okay, boys, you guys go over there. This is Vegas, and anything that happens here stays here. Yes. 
Anyway, I'm sorry. We I derailed us. No, not no, at all. No, 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 no. I, I kind of wanted to talk about this shit too because during this whole like bit of hijinks where they're trying to sabotage the girls' show. Uh, did you say sabotage or sabotage right there? <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I heard you say sabotage. I did say sabotage, but it was completely by accident. But now I wish mm-hmm. it was on purpose. That's our, yeah. I tried stabbing. That's what they should be called instead of the chipmunks, the sabotages. <laughs> sabotage. <laughs> Uh, there's this pie, right, that they throw on Britney that's just black stuff. Is it ink? They said it was was blueberry. Blueberry. And then she had the problem because, oh, I'm sorry, she can't perform because she got shit in her hair. And how women are so fragile and they need to wash their hair before their show and that'll stop them from, I'm very angry about this whole plot. (laughs) And anything else in particular? I mean, this is, my my questions be damned. Well, uh, let me me just say that I would probably be Theodore. Because I'm a little, you know, I, I don't want people to fight, and I'm always hungry. I want to eat shit. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I, like that's my answer as well. Is 100 percent the yeah, in, in the later episodes, like he's a gourmand. He like cooks, and yep. he has a very refined palate. Like, hey, that that's more like me than being a smart guy or a a, a fucker <laughs> who just doesn't like <laughs> yeah. care. Are you, are you saying? Am I hearing you right in saying that Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks is a fuckboy? He's a fuckboy. He's a fuckboy. All right. Wow. All right. Yeah. And I said, see you later, boy. <laughs> yep. Do you think that Britney was modeled after Avril Lavigne? <laughs> I mean. She wasn't wearing any ties, so we already know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're Australian, not Canadian. Uh, fair enough. Touche. Yeah. Touche mm-hmm. to both of you. Yeah. Uh, any any additional uh, questions? Jane, I know you've got some. You might have some questions that we've. Nope. No questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will. I will then, Alex, do you have any questions on your end? Questions. Uh, I have one final question. So, I don't know, man. Like, the chipmunks. <laughs> Why? I just want to know how, like, they exist. Like, Vinny, sure. We, we, we know that they have a mother. Who's the father? Right. Where's that Maury episode where we find out who the father of the chipmunks is? And it's I not. I want it so bad. It's not Dave. We know that. No. And also, how is there another like another set of chipmunks, like that look like them? Like, where where what's their origin? What's the chipette's origin? Like, did they have a similar like, like oh nut shortage situation, where they had to be dropped off at some at uh, uh Miss Miller's house? Like, no, they had Miss Pac Man itis. It's a trope where all female characters are just the same male characters with a bow on their head. That's actually pretty apt. Yeah. I mean that that's pretty clear cut what we what we have going on here. I mean cuz they map them one for one. Yep. Yeah. Same uh, yeah, that's true. In terms of body size, shape, attitude, everything. I they just put a bow on it. They're derivative, but they don't just have the bow on it. They have a they have a more sexualized clothing and hair and makeup and styling and like things that are more adult woman like than the boys do too. So they're not only just the female versions, but they're also more anthropomorphized and they're also aged up. Hmm. Yeah, they're not wearing smocks. No. And then they have to fight for what's rightfully theirs in the first place. And they come out for their own crowd, for their own show, and they're booed, and the boys have to take over the show. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> strong feelings. No, 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 no. That's good. I mean, you know, the, the challenge is, is that, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's hard enough to say this because I, I feel like, you know, it's not the proper justification, but, you know, at the time that a lot of these cartoons were written, especially in the 80s and 90s, like, there was 
a lot of sexism that was introduced. You know, that there's a lot of tropes that we now kind of understand or have had an opportunity to kind of better formalize. And we now have that vocabulary to be able to talk about them that back in that time, they were like, this is just a way to get out of this show. Like, this is just an easy way to kind of close what we had. Well, and also just even the introduction of female characters that had a, enough autonomy and authority to try to go screw with the boys in the same way the boys were screwing with them, too. And while, you know, they're getting their, you know, start times messed up, they're messing with the boys' microphones, too. And even just having that representation of characters with that kind of, like, like same positive personality traits was progress in and of itself as well, too. Hmm. So, Yeah, I think it was interesting that they were scheming at the exact same time as, as Alvin and, and his chipmunks. Yeah, they were like, oh, we know this number. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, I made some food for you. You want to come eat it? Ha ha. He's like, yes, I do. They're like, yep, I got you your bathroom free for you. Go waltz in. I got, I got this one undercover, you know. Like being one step ahead of the boys and playing the same game was fun to see. But they yeah. felt like more of a unit than Alvin and than Simon and Theodore because Alvin's basically just like, yeah, you guys do whatever. But like the chipettes are like, they, they're like a unit. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, more I think they were team. better. They were there was a tighter connection, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Final question. We saw in these later episodes that they had for Alvin and the Chipmunks that they were spoofing movies. What's one movie that you would like Alvin and the Chipmunks to spoof? <laughs> I'm going to go on the record and say this. RoboCop. I want to see them have to spoof RoboCop. I think they did. Did they? I think I looked on the Wikipedia to see which movies they've done, and I think RoboCop was one of them. And oh, I, son of a bitch. Big, they also did Big and Splash. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my, yeah. I think Ro Robo. Robo Monk is on there. Then I'm going to change it to Full Metal Jacket. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. You know, I'm a big sci-fi fan. Um, a surprise, surprise. I was a little uh, underwhelmed at how they played with time travel, with the time travel, Back to the Future one. All they really did in fun terms of like playing with that was their photo got faded and then brought back. That was the only fun right. time travel trope. So I wouldn't trust them with sci-fi because they don't do it correctly. So I would give them something like, um, you know, like Sense and Sensibility. You know, some Jane, some Jane Austen kind of stuff or whatever. Okay. Let's give them some Pride and Prejudice. Let's see what they do with that. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's give them a period, period drama. <laughs> Alex, any, any final, uh, any final thoughts on a, a movie that you would have the, the chipmunk spoof? I want them to do like a David Lynch movie like Mulholland Drive or, or Blue Velvet, like something that they definitely should not be doing. Um, yeah, let's toss them way in over their heads. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you want a challenge? I'll give you a challenge or like, or Holy Mountain, like something really like fucking off the wall. I think they'd be very good at doing something like a Spaceballs. I would like to see them try to do Spaceballs because I think it's like goofy ball humor that they can knock out. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, let's challenge them. Let's get <laughs> right. them to do any uh, Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Let's get them to do Naked Lunch and see how they, how, see how they live in that. Yes. With, uh, with just weird body horror the entire time. Yes. Caligula, like oh, chipmunks God. do Caligula. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned Full Metal Jacket, though, because I was telling my girlfriend about this, uh, you know, that episode and, and the, the premise of chipmunks going to the movies, and she's like, did they do Full Metal Jacket? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, very, very good pull. Nice. Perfect. Again, it's like, I want to make them work for it. If yeah. they're going to go back and they're going to do something like, I want to make it challenging for uh -huh. them. I want to see them do that. Oh man. Good times. So we have talked 
a lot about what our opinions are about these shows. We've talked a lot about what our opinions are for Alvin and the Chipmunks so far, but hey, guess what? You listening right now. Yeah, you rascals. Oh my God, do you have opinions? And you love to post them on the internet. So now we are going to hand this over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away. This week's Love It is titled, I Loved This Show When I Was a Kid, by our old friend Dudas. I want to do a whole show with nothing but Dudas reviews. Dudas wrote this in November 2002 and said, Alvin and the Chipmunks was and is still one of my childhood favorites. This show had good story plots, characters, humor, and it was original. The music was great as well. I loved it when Alvin, Simon, and Theodore were singing songs from that time and years earlier. The show was indeed one of the best. P.S. Don't watch the episodes where they lampoon movies. Those ones suck. This gets a perfect 10. And it wasn't a real hated, so here's somebody who loved it, just not as much as Dudas. It's titled, A Hip Cartoon Show by Ali Suave 00721 in February 2018. Ali said, This was a hip cartoon show that I watched during my childhood about three chipmunks named Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, and their misadventures with their adopted owner Dave thrown into the mix. I've always remembered Alvin to be the adventurous one, Simon to be the brainy one, and Theodore to be the cuddly and thoughtful one. A different cartoon that shows the hipness and a little bit of young adult fun that attracts an audience of all ages. A catchy opening tune and some unique stories. Grade B and 8 out of 10. It's so interesting that, you know, for our hate it, it's not really a hate it. People genuinely love this cartoon. Like, there are not very many hate it's on IMDb. There's very... There are not many, uh, you know, bad reviews. The lowest that we could find was uh, was an eight out of ten, and that was the lowest out of all the user reviews for Alvin and the wow. Chipmunks. So this brings us now to our recommendations. And so we can recommend something, and you can tell me why you recommend it. You can say I don't recommend it. Give me a why. If you want to go one step further in not recommending it, you can give it the dip, the Roger Rabbit style dip, and you can erase it from the annals of cartoon history. Jane. What are your opinions on Alvin and the Chipmunks? You know, I like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, I think it has a lighthearted, rollicky children's mentality. And I think they try to play from a playfulness of kids. Like, they don't care that these bal- they're going to hitch balloons onto a box and lift it up and steal a trunk and run away with it. And you don't care much about the A to B to C. They just get right to the action and they get to the fun. Um, and they're trying to teach you lessons like, like don't bully or whatever. Right. And I think positively the messages at the end of the day are, are positive takeaway messages. And I think they're encouraging you to see the differences and then embrace them too. They each have their own strengths and they're, they're driving towards them. So I think at the end of the day I would recommend it. I think it's fun. I think it's playful. Okay. Um, I would say if I were to give it out of a, you know, as my, my, I'm a very critical media consumer, so I can tear into something pretty well. So I would never give anything really more than five of 10, but that's a very high rating for me. Okay. So I would say five, but I would recommend it. Wow. Okay. Understood. Great. Thank you, Jane. Mm -hmm. Alex, recommend or not recommend Alvin and the Chipmunks. So, colon nut shortage. So first of all, before anything else, I'm not giving it the dip. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks is sort of a cultural. It's it's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, 
like I'm to call it a phenomenon is not is is pretty apt. I would say like they were everywhere. Yes. For for like my the duration of my childhood, like like them or not. Um, and I would hate to like I would hate to erase that from, you know, from just the annals of cartoon history. Um, I would recommend it. Sure. Um, I'm not like I wouldn't watch it these days. Uh, like if if you know on my own free time. Uh, but they're all like I was you know reading the Wikipedia page of, for all the episodes and a, a, a good chunk of the go to the movies episodes are written by uh, a woman named uh, Diane Dixon, I think. Um, and like it all, and you also have to like kind of figure when it comes to like erasing something from history, you're also erasing all the people that worked on Alvin and the chipmunks. Ooh. Yeah. Think about fun, that. Fun fact: the guy Ross you mentioned, yeah. Ross whatever, who, who voices Alvin, Bugsarian, is yeah. married to the voice of Theodore, who is played by his wife Janice. Wow! So the voice of Theodore is Janice, and the voice of Alvin and Ross, and they're married. See, that's there. It is like that's that's part of it too. Like that's that's that family's livelihood too. Like the entire Bugsarian family is literally like a they're a they are a chipmunk family. They're a chipmunk family. Yeah. And I would hate to, I would hate to, I would hate to be the home wrecker <laughs> of the chipmunks. Um, uh, echoing James Jane's sentiment about, uh, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, there's some lessons you can learn. And even as a kid, I didn't want to be Alvin. I didn't aspire to be him. It's, it, I think it's fine to have, uh, you know, characters that they give you the lesson of, yeah, don't be this character. Be the other two who are trying to rein him in. Right. Um, ones that you identify with more, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say recommend it. Five is an apt. Five out of ten? Is that, is that yeah, out of ten? I think so. If I was, I mean, that's also looking on it now. Yeah. But if I were at the time, I mean, this was, I was born in 88. Like, this is my lifetime ago that this was being produced. Like, yeah. at that time, I would say, like, hell yeah, like, eight out of ten, you know? I mean, it's just wholesome Americana goodness. No. And I, I agree. For all the, all the reasons that you've talked about, I'm a recommend as well. This is this has such a, a cultural significance. This has such a significance to me growing up. It it listening to the theme song made me snap right back into exactly what was going on. I, I didn't love every moment of it, and there's some definite problems in terms of the content as well as also the jankiness of the animation in some of the episodes. That being said, I, I still really enjoyed it. Would I go back and continue watching this? Probably not. Would I throw Animaniacs dollars at this to reboot it so they had to spoof all the weird hard movies that we talked about tonight? Yeah, 100%. We should kickstart that immediately. Because and Slappy of... adopts them. Yeah. <laughs> Slappy Squirrel. Perfect. Listen, here's the deal. You got to live in my tree with me, boys, all right? <laughs> Quit That's... it with the fucking singing. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question, Sean. Yes. You're, you're a fan of the Chipmunks. Have you watched the, the rebooted movie... With Jason Lee as Dave Seville, with uh, I think Justin Long is Alvin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, David Cross is in all of them, just as like a guy. Yeah, which I think David Cross is on the record saying that that's his biggest mistake that he's ever made career-wise was being a background character in those movies. Um, but street cred doesn't pay for a house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. Got to pay the bills somehow. <laughs> uh, I have not watched them. 
I enjoy them and the titles of the movies for the same reason that I continue to make the Tokyo Drift joke is that like every single subsequent Alvin and the Chipmunks movie has to have some form or some pun in the title of the word chip. Mm. It's like chipwrecked. Yeah. Or uh, like, I forget the other one. It's like, uh, it's like vacate. The road chip. Road chip. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. Yep. <laughs> and so I love the fact that, uh, that that's a component of it. And so I laugh about them every time I, I hear and I see them. But have I seen them? And will I see them? I'm not going out of my way. Should be one where Alvin turns 21 and they call it chip-faced. <laughs> oh, my God. I really want to see that. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm 100% on board. Oh, so good. Jane, Alex, I want to thank both of you for coming on tonight to talk Alan and the Chipmunks with me. Thank you so much. Jane, I wanted to check and see uh, what do you have going on? Where can the good folks find you on social media? Oh, yes. Um, the good folks can find me under my own name on most social media platforms. Um, I uh, don't necessarily have anything to uh, plug right now beyond the very exciting upcoming Starship Odyssey show, yes. which yes. is a wit-produced show. Uh, it is being directed by uh, Colin Murchie and uh, Denny Johnson, and it's going to be up at Wit in July, August, June. Those are the months out of order. Um, that's how time travel works. Space sometimes isn't necessarily chronological, folks. It's perfect. True. Yeah. And Denny has been on the show uh, twice now, and so we're hoping to have him back on the show closer to the actual time that you guys are premiering your show as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Alex, what do you have going on? Where can the good folks find you? Gosh. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at dude exclamation, all one word. Um, I, you'll find my musings. I talk about one piece a lot. Uh, probably because I'm on the one piece podcast that you can listen to on the podcatcher of your choice each week. Um, I also co-host another podcast monthly called Tohoyaro, which is a Japanese film club podcast. Me and uh, a couple other guys get together. We watch a, a Japanese film, and then we talk about it book club style. Uh, catch that on uh, Podcatcher of Your Choice. Both podcasts uh, you can listen to on Spotify now, so really easy to easy to find. Um, I have a shitpost Twitter account called Weeb Simpsons. Where I combine Simpsons memes with anything anime or just Japanese related, just period. So check that out. How if, did I not know this about you? Oh, did you not know that? I don't I think I did. I also don't know this. I need that handle so I can follow it. Oh, yeah. It's at Weeb Simpsons. <laughs> Perfect. How do you spell Weeb? Oh, W E E B. Okay. Simpsons, all one word. And I, we will be linking all of this in the show notes. So don't worry Great. about writing this down. They, they will be there. <laughs> I can't wait to check this out. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's. Yeah, there's one for every I don't know, occasion, basically. Perfect. And, uh, and of course, check out Spaceship or Starship Odyssey, whenever uh, whenever we roll that out. Yeah. You guys heard him on this week's episode. Our friend Bobby Anthem. Go find him on Twitter at Bobby Anthem. Send him a message. Show him some love. He is simply the best. As for me, I perform live improv comedy with a group that's called Knox. That's N O X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times witdc.org. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Want to support us here at this show? Just tell a friend. Review us on Apple iTunes. It's that easy. You can slide into our Twitter DMs at Morning Tunes. That's morning with a U. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. 
You can find all of the links and everything that we've mentioned on our link tree, which is in the link for all of our social media sites. And you can always find our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back in two more weeks. And I feel like I kind of want to go out with like a do, 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 do. Can we do that? Yeah. Like on three? I think we do one, two, three. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.